he's one of my boys. So because he's colorblind, yeah. I, pr- yeah. I think Tr- tribalism. Point, you know, I think at this point I prefer his brother almost. Jonathan, maybe not. Well, Westworld. Westworld is pretty good. Westworld's pretty good, but I think that's that's the only thing I know that he's done. It's only got pretentious a couple times. Yeah, it. You know what? It surprisingly reminds me a lot of what Lost. Yeah, me too. It's kind of got that Lost feel to it, except I don't feel like I'm going to be disappointed at the end of this. Yeah. Okay. So Samantha hates me because every time I watch a movie, I analyze it because that's fun to me. That's that is fun. As, I enjoy that. Just as fun as watching a movie. You guys want to start a movie podcast? Anyway, go ahead. And like when we, we started watching Lost together because she said she never finished it. And I was like, all right, well, let's try it. Oh we had goodness. a kid, so we never actually finished it. We got through like three or four seasons. but That's all you need. But watching it, like I would, you know, have my own little commentary and I would talk about, all right, this is occultism, this is occultism, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she was like, can't, can't you just watch it and enjoy it? And then I was watching a YouTube video. Ooh. And, uh, watch out when you set things down on this. He's too. a, uh, I don't know how to call it. He, he, he considers himself a spiritualist. Like he by no means is a Christian in any way, shape, or form. But he was like, he was talking about Lost and he was like, you know, I mean, th- like, things that are rich in the occult like lost and i was like i, t- I told her i said <laughs> that like it's freaking everywhere when you watch lost it's insane how 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 much uh, occultic imagery is in it especially with uh john locke holy crap like john locke is the antichrist in that it's it's not even <laughs> john locke is my favorite character by far mm, that's good for you Josh he gets Gary. too whiny oh no he just he just wants to know he just wants to know the answers and then he's possessed at the end. So spoilers, at, by the way, for that show that ended a long time ago. Any means necessary. The means don't justify Man, the end. He goes out like a punk, though. He does. It's always been disappointing to me. Because he's still my favorite character. Him and Ford. Sawyer. Sawyer. Sorry. James Ford. Foyer. Sawyer. Foyer. Foyer. What is, what I is like his, his name. His name is James Ford. No, it's not James. It is too. It is not. Yeah, it's, it's James. It's James Ford. It's James. It's not James Ford. It's, I, no, no, no. I will 100% guarantee it's, it's James not James Ford. Something he calls himself Sawyer, but his first name is James. Okay, James Sawyer. It's something Ford is his actual James Ford, better known by Sawyer as his alias. Oh Brr. wait, wait, wait. Oh, that's the character name. I thought you were trying to name the actor. No, the actor's name is Josh something. Uh, Josh, Josh Holloway. Holloway. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, my bad. I, I, was I thought confused. you were trying to name I was name confused that. what we were doing. Sorry. Yeah, you guys I I was the one that was confused. You guys were on the same page. Yeah, same page and whatnot. James Ford. Okay. So uh God, now I want to just do like a movie podcast or a TV show podcast. Um, I have I have a subject about cryonics in space. Sweet. So cryonics. I have that, and then you guys have what? Justice. Justice. The justice system. This specifically the justice. U.S. Justice Can you say system. it like Batman when you say it though? Justice. 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 You sounded like a demon. You sounded like Batman with a cold. Hey, last week I wanted to do <laughs> a demon somewhere voice together. <laughs> and I think. So, sorry, viewers. Justice. Oh. Wait, I guess I guess they're not viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about hobbitses. Nice. Um, okay, so we got cryonics in space. We have other stuff. I just want to point out <laughs> that Seth is one of the least busy of all of us, and he's not here. So I'll put that. Put well, that he's in, not here because he's busy, universe. Chase. Okay. He's he's a newlywed. You got to cut them some slack. Okay, nobody bangs that much. Like, <laughs> well, I was hoping to use this as a cold open. So, um, <laughs> there goes that. Oh no, I thought you meant that that made the cold open even better. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I meant. Um, he uh, he's at a birthday party for his in laws. They're both both their birthdays. One was like Friday, and one was yesterday. And so they they're doing a thing today. 
I almost just said Friday was yesterday, and I would have felt real dumb. <laughs> nope, it's Sunday. You had kind of a crazy weekend. I think you could be forgiven for thinking that Friday was yesterday. Yeah, it was a pretty busy weekend. Until you stay home, <laughs> until you stay home from work tomorrow, thinking it's Sunday. Yeah. I have no idea where I'm going to cut this for the cold open, so let's just say it's right here. All right. Hey, so. how's that? Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> let's just say <laughs> let's it's right here. later. <laughs> What's up, listeners? So today on Black Mesa Radio, we're going to talk about cryonics in space. Justice. Just, just say it like Batman. Justice. Yeah, all right. Seth got it. All right, sweet. Space and everything in between. I am your host, Josh, along with... Seth. Uh, wait, that was Chase. Chase. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm Seth. I do that every time. Nate. <laughs> and Josh again. So let's get going. So do you want to do your justice topic first or my space topic first? No, dude, I want to talk about space topic. Okay, I'm going to read you guys this article because it's only like a half a page long. It's nothing. And it's amazing. So essentially, when you guys think about going to Mars, going like just deep space travel, what are some of the issues you would think would come up with that, with current technology? Uh, coming back. <laughs> and also just the amount of radiation that you're bombarded with. Because uh, essentially, I'm talking about the time it takes with our current rocketry. Okay, yeah. Those are yeah. two things that I was thinking of. What else? Um, the so, amount of stuff you have to pack with you for mm-hmm. the long journey, because it's so long and you're kind of going crazy you're, you're in a very confined space so claustrophobia you're out in the middle of the universe so like mental health is your a body's going to atrophy super hard yeah probably yeah. Yep. yep okay so those are all real things and they're all being factored into this that this thing that nasa is doing uh, along with this company called space works Sta- space work enterprise space works enterprises it's hard to say is it with an x at the end no oh i mean Darn. i wish so what they've essentially done is they've figured out a way to cryogenically freeze people for about two weeks um, at a time. And because uh, of crazy. it's, yeah, this is insane. We're living in the future. Have they done it? Yes. With a person? Yes. That's what they're saying. That's NASA's crazy. looking at it. They, did they finally get that huh. Walt Disney technology? <laughs> yep. He, two weeks and so then he died it. once they unfroze him. This is random, but maybe y'all know. Like, uh-huh. Do you guys remember the Chinese guy that's going to take somebody's brain out and like put it back in? He's going to do like a brain transplant or something? Uh, yeah, I, I remember heard about hearing it. about it. Yeah. Did that work out? No. Okay. Did it really not? I don't know. I don't, no, I, don't, I'm, I think we'd hear a lot more about it if it did. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I'll ask Brett. Go. Brett would know. Um, anyway, so this company, what they, what they do is they essentially uh, lower the body. Well, you know, I'll just read it. So... Do, do, do. I just want to reiterate that this is crazy. Like, like if this is true, like this is far beyond like anything else we've ever done because the body, the body is extremely complicated. So published on 518 by Seeker, um, which is a website that does a lot of space news as well as like NASA stuff. Um, so it says one of the most exciting space sleep projects is currently being developed at a company called Spaceworks Enterprises. They've been working with NASA to develop a stasis chamber that they say could keep astronauts asleep for two weeks at a time and possibly longer. Spaceworks suggests astronauts stack these short hibernation periods back to back with a couple days in between to walk around and stretch out. The crew can then rotate waking and sleeping shifts and in doing so can pass the 300 some odd days to Mars. It's about nine months there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, unlike what you've probably seen in movies, this design isn't for an individual sleep pod, but a shared sleeping chamber. The chamber works by lowering a group of astronauts' body temperature to 32 degrees Celsius, and then it sedates them. That's not that cold. Hang on. Then it sedates them to surpass the body's reactions to the cold. The temperature, the low temperature would put their bodies into a mild hypothermia, slowing down your metabolic rate and preventing injury from the lack of oxygen. Aside from greatly reducing the necessary food and water for the mission, these stasis chambers could also have some of the some other major benefits. How how cold is that? Uh, it's ninety one point four Fahrenheit. It's thirty three Celsius. Is that right? Thirty two. Is it thirty two degrees Celsius? So it's about let's just call it ninety degrees. It's it's about ninety degrees. So you're so going like your body temperature. That's your body though. That's not. We're talking about the room. But right. I was. I, That's I mean, still pretty cold they, for your they're body. They're still calling it cryogenic, which I mean, it, it, I guess they could still use that. But I was expecting quite a bit colder. Like I was I, expecting. I, mean, why, but why I was low, expecting right above freezing. Like an ice cube. No. Why? Why would? You, why would you need to go any colder than you have to yeah. though? Right. No. I mean, I, I agree. I, I just wasn't it's expecting also that. The like the term of it, it's like a long term, but not long term. If that makes sense, like two weeks is a long time, but not like a super long yeah, term. Exactly. Intermediate. Let me finish this real quick. There's literally like eight, sure. four sentences left. Uh, they could also have some other major benefits, like requiring a smaller area to be thoroughly protected from radiation, which is something that we've been struggling with because we, we either have to like shield everywhere or just shield like a little place and everybody stays in that place for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's harder to shield how, everywhere. How do you shield for radiation in space? That's a good question that I bet Denton could answer, but he's not here. Um, also, someone could, could look it up. Did they do that on like the moon missions or were those not? I don't think the risk was as bad because that's only, okay. what, a four-day mission or four-day trip? How long was it's it? It's like a week or something like it's that. It's like a week. Also, so. it was like the 60s. No <laughs> shit. We had asbestos and everything. Uh, I mean, like, they, they knew fine. about the, uh, the radiation the radiation belt. But, yeah. I mean, it, it also has to do with the time you. frame of which you're in this radiation yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously yeah. I was just joking. It. It's gotcha. not even like an X-ray. Uh, Essentially, I mean, if you it's move, like even lower level than that, right? Right, but well, of course, like the radiation that you're exposed to, right? It's a long time, one at a time, one at a time. Sorry, yelling. Um, so, so j- just to reiterate, if nobody heard what we actually said, that going through this radiation belt is a lot less radiation, um, it's a lot less potent than an x ray, but you are in it for a you know a decent amount of time, let's say a day, you're, you're in this mm-hmm. belt. So you you are going to have some negative effects, but really, mm-hmm. it, they say it's no worse than like a few X rays that you get in your lifetime. So it's yeah. negligible, but, but over three hundred days, it's it's yeah, stacks. Yeah. But if you're if you're far out into the mm-hmm. open space, you know, way outside of any type of atmosphere, then yeah, you're gonna have problems. Yeah. Well, over because nine also our magnetosphere extends way farther out than we exactly. we think it does. Exactly. It's not. It doesn't just stop with the sky. If that makes sense. Anyway, last sentence. The researchers researchers also want to equip the chamber with artificial gravity, which could prevent a lot of negative health effects associated with long-term space travel. And that's literally the whole article. Wait. So it's not very long. Wait. Spinning. Oh, okay, spinning. Yeah. It's uh, it's not like we have artificial gravity. <laughs> I know. I was like, they want to equip it with something we haven't don't have yet? So, But uh, I got you. Yeah, spinning works. Sorry. I keep setting. I it's keep a good creating, trick. Yeah. If you guys hear a bumpy noise, that's because I keep setting my... We're on a wooden table today instead of a regular desk, and it's a lot more noisy, apparently. Anyway, so I think that's really cool. I think that that's something that has potential to really change the way we do space travel. That's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. It blew my mind. I thought, this is something we have to talk about. 
And it's a really recent article, which usually when we have something cool, it's been published for like a year. But, but what I think about when you mention this is how all technology starts out. Like, okay, the, the first long-distance communication was just um, like Morse code with the wire and the signal. And it starts out very, very basic. And then we realize that this is possible so we can take this into uh, much greater places. Just like, okay, let's say the U.S. finally had nuclear weapons in World War II. And then the Germans... We've been looking for them for so long. We found it. <laughs> we found them. We found how to make them. And so we didn't even know if it was possible. So that's why the Germans figured it out. They said, okay, if it is possible, then this is really the only way they could have done it. Did you mean the Russians? No. The Germans? Yes. Okay. So they, they didn't they couldn't construct it or anything, but like scientifically they had found out how to make the bomb because they said, you know, th- by reasonable deductions, if it is possible, it has to be like this. And maybe the Russians too. You know, that's one thing I don't I, know about is is the Russian program for I'm, nuclear I'm pretty weapons. sure the Russian program just stole a lot of the U.S. technology, like actually like spy stuff. Like is that why espionage we, stole it. is that why Project Paperclip stole all the Nazis is to keep all those. Um, Scientists well, out of Russia. Or well, the, Rus- the Russians were that doing was a it big too. part of it. Yeah, they were both. Both countries were actively recruiting former Nazi scientists, and yep. basically the U.S. said, mm, "We're going to do this better." You know, it, uh, the, America. The, what a America. compromise! I mean, I mean, do you think that's terrible? Wouldn't you want to just like you know hang all these people? But at the same time, it's like we kind of need this information because their technology was superior to ours at the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a lot of technology, a lot of sure. heinous heinous people got to live out full lives in the U.S. that had committed atrocities. So, pays to be educated, people. Just uh, <laughs> remember that. Super. Remember that when you were committing atrocities. It really is crazy though, because we. I mean, we're getting <laughs> we're getting way off subject, but we seriously persecuted not persecuted prosecuted. Wow, wrong word. Prosecuted a ninety year old former Nazi soldier yep. that worked at one of the camps. Um, a year ago, like he was put yeah, in jail. Yeah. A yeah. soldier or like an officer? He was like a guard. Is what what it was. So he was like a that would put him at like soldier pawn. level. Like we put him in jail. He's in jail right now. Um, if, he was ninety one, I think. So we do that, but then we also let like these scientists who were really responsible for some horrible stuff. But I'm not sticking up for right. a Nazi, by the way. I mean, I that's all I actually, heard. Like, I don't yeah. want to sound like I'm sticking up for Nazis. Re- I'm just saying, like, he's somebody. Years old somebody remind me like, when we circle back to. Uh, the justice d- discussion, because there's an interesting case in Germany with a former Nazi. Okay. All right. We'll so. try. Um, anyway. Yeah. He, uh, or we do that, but it's, I don't know. I lost where I was going, but you get the point. I feel like that's primarily a political move. Like people know that guy's out there. We can't just let him not be in jail. Like got to do something about it kind of thing. What's the statute of limitations for being a guard at a concentration camp? Uh, uh, there's not a statute of limitations for war crimes. Law. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Is that, I don't think is so. that true? You're the lawyer. Uh, you heard it here first. I have to look it up. <laughs> you heard I, it here, like, folks, first. War crimes are like crimes against humanity. I don't think. Like murder, there's not a statute of limitations. Why would there be for mass murder? Hmm. Fair enough. <clears throat> Makes sense to me. I feel like, I don't know. I don't see the point in prosecuting a 90-year-old prison guard. Like, yeah, I know that it was like, I know like the atrocities committed by the Nazis. Like, I'm familiar with all that, obviously. But like he's ninety years old, and he wasn't like an officer. He wasn't like. Close I don't. I, to I don't want to say that he definitely wasn't, unless somebody wants to pull it up. I can find it because I. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was just. There's a convention that's been signed by a bunch of people, a bunch of countries in like 1970. 
that said no signatory state may apply statutory limitations to war crimes or crimes against humanity. Okay. I'm just thinking, like, the further you go up the chain, like, the more directly responsible you are for the things that happen. And, at, like, at the bottom right. of the chain of command, it's not that, like, it's not that it wasn't a terrible thing, but it's, like, I don't he know. Was, like, I just don't think you're... I found it. Okay. It's not the same. Read it, Josh. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's real long. We'll just, just yeah, was yeah. he an officer? No. He was an SS guard. So oh, oh, whoa, 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 SS okay. is, SS like is way higher than like a straight up officer. Right. Than but just he, a guard at a concentration. But he was but. he wasn't like an SS officer from what I'm reading here. He, if he was SS, then that that definitely puts a different light on. And he things. was charged yeah. with yeah, no, for sure. He was charged with complicity of murder. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He was 22 years old when like, he worked at the extermination camp that I can't say the name of. Should or uh, spell it. Majdanek, M A J D A N E K. Majdanek is Polish. Mm. Yeah, I don't. It's not one of the the main ones. Infamous ones. Yeah, ones talked about that's a little bit different. I didn't. I didn't realize you was SS. It's yeah. If he was like like a like a pre-war like German police officer that was like conscripted into the the German army and he was just like a peon, I'd feel maybe yeah, different about be. it, but. But yeah, so I don't know. Like logistically, I don't know if those type of people worked at concentration camps, though. He did. You could be right. About That's that. what I'm reading here. So he didn't work at the actual oh. camp. Um, he oversaw operations. Oh. It sounds like so he he's, was, not, he's no peon. They said so he was. Like, they said he was responsible. Like, oh, he was just a guard. They said he, he claims that he didn't know that the killings were going on until after the war. Come um, on. The. They tri- all, tribunal, they all said that. the tribunal, whatever, says he should have known that. This is a direct quote. He should have known that the people he he should have known that the people were killed out of racist and despicable motives. Um, seventeen thousand Jews were killed That's in this a lot. particular camp. I guess uh, the fact that well, never mind. He knowingly and willing, willingly contributed to these insidious and cruel acts. The okay. prosecutor stated, "Yeah." Screw yeah. that guy. <laughs> so sucks to be on the wrong side of history. But I'm saying there were like the so like gas chambers were invented by scientists. There was a lot of horrible experiments going on by Nazi scientists, and we just kind of dude. Scooped what it is up. the what was like the Japanese? Let's just rip on people. Nintendo. <laughs> what was what was the Japanese like? No, yeah, I can't remember what it was. There was called. like a specific unit. They like they that's what they did is like they performed like just heinous. Uh, like experiments on people. I forget what it was called. I don't know. It I'm was looking, like I'm looking at it. It was like worse than anything. Listeners, we will get back to talking as about space. As far as that kind of thing goes, it us. was like worse than anything the Nazis did. Wow. Yeah, it was rough, dude. You, dude. People forget like they like we focus so much on on Nazis and like fascism, right. we forget like how bad it was over in the. This um, says it was Unit Seven Three One. Yeah. Was a covert biological and chemical warfare research and development unit of the Japanese Army. That, that undertook lethal human experimentation during the World War II, and like, yeah, a lot of it is brutal. Dude, the ja- the the people forget about the Pacific Theater a lot. I feel. Yeah, like. I mean, the Japanese yeah. internment camps as well were were like just as bad as uh, the Nazis. I mean, people were just dying in mass. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Were they as bad? I'm not saying they weren't. I'm literally asking. I, I were they as bad? I mean, they weren't like mass murdering. There wasn't right. Jews. There wasn't the coordinated like actual extermination. Mm-hmm. Right. But like people were dying at dude, uh, significant rates. 
the like the rape of Nan King, like yeah. Oh my god. You say there wasn't. You say it wasn't like a like an extermination or whatever, but like it was definitely like it was definitely racially motivated. Like, yeah, but it wasn't like that. That's different than the camps specifically. It I, it was. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm obviously we're ter- talking about terrible things, but like. It was more like we don't care what happens to these people, and if a bunch of them die, that's fine. Versus we are killing every single one of these people that the Germans did. You know mm, what I'm saying? I don't, yeah, it could be. I don't know that. The, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like 100 like, percent extermination was the the goal of the Germans. Right. The final solution. The Nazis at the yeah. the later half of World War II. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know that that was the case with it with in the other situation, but hmm. crazy. And what's um, crazy about that? Like, okay, so I also want to say. The important thing to remember, like when you're talking about that kind of stuff, is like we say the Germans or the Japanese, but they're all just human. Like yeah. that—that that is uh, a People. point that I really want to drive home because if you think about it, these Germans and these Japanese were just like you and me. They're, and if yeah. you yeah. if you don't understand that that could be you, then that will be you. Well, that's the that whole. That was the whole it. point yeah. of the Stanford prison experiment. Oh yeah, that was a crazy experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you will degrade. Rather quickly, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we should, but we should yeah, definitely like, talk about that at some point. In the we, we have. We, we, definitely, yeah, we, have definitely, okay. we have definitely talked about that. Too also, for topics. the listeners, there's a great Radiolab episode about that. I love Radiolab. So it's, one of, it's like one of their very oldest ones. But talking about going in-depth on the Stanford ex- prison experiment and that it's like a little bit different than the popular idea of it is. I don't know I don't what the popular idea of it is. I just remember what they taught us in psych. Uh. I don't remember. It's been so long since I listened to it. I'm not hmm. going to lie. Have you guys, uh, there's a Joe Rogan podcast not too long ago about this guy who goes and interviews these German communities in South America, Argentina, you know, where, where they were, the max, the mass exodus of Nazis, you know, went to South America Yeah, and they have these very tight knit German communities where if you are not like light skinned, you get looked at funny, you don't speak German. You know, they, they are still very racist. They have the same ideals driven into them. And they're but, like they're like third, fourth generation now, right? Yeah. But they still have a lot of these racial ideals and they they're I'm sorry, very, who did you say was going to you said somebody's gonna go interview him? They he already did and he he's he said that Who was it? Man, I I can't, I can't okay. remember his name. You have to go look at it. Was, was it like Louis Thoreau? The, it was in the nine hundreds. I if you said a name I wouldn't remember. Okay. I'm really bad with names. Um interesting but i i was just blown away about how he was talking about interviewing them and talking about their their own ideals and he's like i want to kill these people but i have to get this story out there <laughs> like these people are just like straight up evil and and like like i said it's like the same ideals as the nazis like nothing well, really changed they're just in a different yeah. location and they're really powerful people yeah. because they had a lot of money and influence when they went over there and apparently they have like a lot of uh Secrets. Is that really loud now? Does that help you guys? Sorry, I just turned up your phones a little bit. Anyway, I wasn't trying to break your flow. I was just—I just noticed Sorry, that I had it almost all the way down, so I was tweaking it. Okay, yeah, no, that's all right now. Um, where was I? I want to kill these people that I had. They're, to get the story they're all out. powerful and rich. Oh, yeah, they're extremely powerful and rich, and they—they they have a lot of information. They got on, that Nazi gold <laughs> on these. They—they they might uh, on these governments and these people in high places, all their secrets. So essentially, they get to stay like autonomous and outside of the system because they can pretty much blackmail anybody uh, is, is what, what this guy was saying when his inter- like when he had all these interviews and uh, the, the fact that the, they still exist and are in prominent power is terrifying to me. But we have not, I mean, but we have like 
we actually, like a white supremacist problem in this country too. So I mean, like, why, no, would, no, no, why no, wouldn't no. it be other? But places? it's nothing like them. Like, <laughs> like these are like descendants. <laughs> these aren't just like people who are like from the okay KKK is obviously Nazi blood. Nazi blood, literal Nazi blood. Like, like they, veins. like their communities. Maybe, maybe it does exist in America. I haven't seen it, but like these super tight knit communities where you don't interact with the other people. Like, you can't marry somebody who's uh, from Argentina naturally. I actually like, think that right there's the problem with like most of racism is like you live, yeah. you exist in sort of a tight knit community where you don't interact with other people. Like, but, it's super easy to be racist when everybody that doesn't look like you lives on the other side of the tracks. Right. Like the the biggest turn. And like moving towards extermination or whatever, or, you know, not caring if you kill all these people is not viewing them as human. Right. Yeah. And like, if you don't interact with them, it's much easier to view them as something subhuman. So well, I think yeah. Western society is so unique in how we identify what justice is, that the justice system is defined by an individual instead of, um, a group or community that you're handing out justice to, like the, the German Nazis who said, it's the Jews' fault. Blame it on the Jews. That was, you know, an actual book that was written. Uh, you know, that, that, that was uh, uh, the main idea of the time, and they, they yeah. used that, and they literally, you know, obviously we know what happened. And you can't blame a group of people for a problem because not, like, like you said before, they're Everybody is, is human, and not everybody partook in it. Like every, you can't just blame every German for what happened, because a lot of Germans risked their lives to get rid of the the Nazi system. Yeah, yeah. But then on the the flip side of that, there were a lot of Germans that just said, well, "Not my problem." It doesn't affect me directly, right? It's like it's horrible what's going on, right? But it's and when I'm I, not doing it. Like it's not my fault. I call those mob wives yeah. <laughs> because they're, they're the people who enjoy. That's a really, I like that. <laughs> they enjoy the benefits. Did you make up that term? Um, I'm sure I heard it somewhere else before. I probably stole it. Just curious. I, I steal good ideas. <laughs> Not original. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's what everyone does. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even like famous people. Yeah. Anyone creative. All they do is steal shit. Like yeah. the Apple dude. Anyways. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're like these mob wives. I disagree because with this so hard, but it's okay. Because they enjoy the benefits of this system, and because right. they're, they're you know they're racially a part of it, I guess, or you know they were German at the time, they knew they weren't going to have problems, so they just turned their head. Even they're like, I don't really agree with this, but because it benefits me, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to look out for the person who this affects. And I, I honestly believe that that is certainly a problem in the United States right now that we're, we're not addressing, that there are people who see atrocities going on and, and it's on both sides, both, you know, left and right, that there are people that are very extreme and because you're white or because you're LGBTQ that you don't actually, uh, you benefit from whatever society is doing and you don't, you don't address them. Obviously we don't want, Nazism and we don't want communism. Like those are like the two extremes, but they pretty much are just this giant national dictatorship. Yeah. And if you go too far either way, that's what you end up with. So you have to you have to really balance your society. 
Why, why are those the only two options, though, in this scenario? Like, you have to find somewhere in between these well, two like things. The, yeah, yeah, well, like exactly. I think, that's what Chase is, I think that's what Chase is saying. Okay, like, I get you now. Sorry. But the, 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 I the, misunderstood what you were saying. The extremes of American dialogue tend to go one or the other way. Gotcha. Like, I mean, it's just, that's just, like, what the scale is anywhere in the world, right? Is, like, hmm. how, like, socialist slash communist you are or how, like, radical capitalist you are. If that makes I don't sense. think, but Nazism isn't radical capitalism. I guess it's uh, no, not fascist. Because interestingly enough, like fascism was always defined as like a third way between capitalism and socialism, which is super interesting. But I guess you can say authoritarianism is the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just like both sides are authoritarianism. Well, yeah, and that's yeah, what that's we don't want. Have you guys ever seen the uh, instead of like a left right? Line. It's like a, it's like yeah, four it's, four different right. squares that you you have an x and y axis right and it's yeah. like yeah. authoritarian is up and then like libertarian is down and then like right left is normally what we'd assign economically yes yeah. yes I, yeah. I have seen that and so the, I, I agree that they're I'm I'm kind of making a false dichotomy but just like Seth said like that's what kind of the media is portraying us to debate right now that's a that's a big thing too is like well. I mean, that's probably not as big a problem as it has been in the past because of the internet and stuff like that. But the I think it's more of a problem because of the internet. But anyways. Well, Maybe. okay. Yeah. Like the, you know, what you see influences, I don't know, how you perceive the people that you think you what? disagree with. And so what the internet has done and why I said that is like, <clears throat> it's allowed people to search out and find only news that agrees with their preconceived views. Right. Echo chambers. If they look exactly, it's like magnified echo chambers and it's found everyone the same thing. And it's the same thing with like white supremacists in America. Right. Like for sure. Over the last 50 years, they were suppressed because they didn't have a great way to organize. Right. And there might be one or two in every town. Well, and they also. Yeah. Their way of organizing. Sorry. Organizing before Internet was like in the back of like guns and ammo magazines and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's like. They would do like personal ads, like no kidding, huh? Mm-hmm. But that's harder to do, right? It's harder sure. to coordinate, especially if you're still trying to keep it discreet in some mm-hmm. ways. I have nothing against guns and ammo magazines, by the way. I love, <laughs> love guns. <laughs> but right, it's like it's slower for one thing. You have to kind of like know where to search even before you start. Whereas now with like the internet, you can handshakes. you can kind of just stumble into it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try to. I definitely try to follow people and like I'm bigger into Twitter now than I am like on Facebook. I like I just follow people that I find. I'm just and I like I have like maybe four, five, six maybe friends that I follow on Twitter. But like mostly the people I follow on Twitter are people whose like opinions I find interesting. Yeah. I always try to follow like people that I disagree with too. Like uh like the Jordan Peterson Kathy Newman thing. Like after that I added Kathy Newman because like I was like people that just think completely different from me. Even if it makes me go like ugh a lot, <laughs> like I just follow like I just try to follow people I disagree with. I listen to a lot of debates, like rather than one person pontificating. Like I've also been trying to like I listen to that. arguments. Yeah. Have you ever listened to a debate? A debate where <laughs> debate where like you just disagree with both people. You're like both of you guys are just like complete idiots right now. Well, like okay, so like not in a long time, but I've definitely had that yeah. feeling. Seth suggested that podcast with Sam Harrison. Uh, Ezra Klein and mm-hmm. they like they kind of argue with each other and there there were times and there were there were times where like Ezra like Ezra Klein who I think like I I side with I sided with Sam Harris in the in the argument maybe at like fifty five percent like 
So I'm on Sam Harris's side, but not like super duper like, on Sam Bep Harris's Barry, side. You know? Yeah. But <clears throat> like Ezra Klein definitely what I love is like when I'm listening to a debate with like a thinker that I really like, like Sam Harris is somebody that I listen to and I appreciate, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree with everything that he says. And I love it like when the other person makes a really excellent point. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Like yeah. do something with that. And then but in like in that debate, they were just like you they were didn't. saying like yeah. they just they they both made points that were like that. You're like, oh, that's that's really good. Like And then the other person like barely responded to it. It barely responded and just move on to the thing they wanted to talk about. And it was just kind of yeah. annoying. But well, like, respond to a different point. Which you're like, that's not that wasn't the interesting point. Yeah. Modern modern debate a lot of times isn't meant sorry. No, go, 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 go. Isn't meant to change the other person's mind. Like you're trying to win the audience is all you're doing. I yeah, I agree with that. Sure. That's there was, the way a, there was a debate I, I don't remember who it was, but I love the beginning of it that says both people agreed that whoever wins the debate doesn't necessarily mean they're right. And I think that's an important, important point that you, everybody as an individual weighs what was said and not necessarily who is the better speaker. Yeah. So, and, and just like Josh said, I, I yeah, agree Yeah, and there, there are also a lot of like debate rhetorical tricks, right? If you're, if you're going in to win the debate, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah. Yeah, personal tactics, but I, I really liked what. Uh, no, I mean, without said even bef- going to that, it doesn't even have to be logical fallacies. I'm just saying, like, debate tactics of like, oh, okay, pushing at what you know are the weak points of the other person's argument versus and just not letting up on it. Right. I see. Uh, so. Nathan, you mentioned something before we started the podcast where they just talk past each other. Well, like neither yeah. person is listening to the other one, and you're like, I, why, "Why aren't you guys?" What was interesting is like you could tell they definitely were listening to each other, but they weren't on the same wavelength. Well, they kind of. So like, like the the kind of background a little bit I guess was uh, uh I just forgot the guy's name Charles Murray Charles Murray is like pretty controversial I guess yeah yeah he wrote a book called uh the bell curve that was about like human intelligence and he like asserted that we like, talked about him last week certain yeah. races are genetically predisposed to be s- smarter than like certain other races and then in, Ezra, a, in a bell curve though like that doesn't mean that one person of a race is going to be dumb or smart right so there's like there's a lot more variation. Right within race than there is between races. Right, right, right. right. But anyway, so like that's what that's what he asserted. And like he's a he like he's part of some institutions that like write a lot of public policy and like really push for that kind of stuff. And so he's like it's really influential guy and et cetera. Didn't we say he was a part of the Heritage Foundation? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So Ezra Klein is uh an editor at Vox and he writes and stuff, and, like, Sam Harris had uh, Charles Murray on there, and Ezra Klein had beef with, like, a lot of what Charles Murray said, like a lot of people do, I guess. And, like, he wanted to, like, Ezra Klein wanted to talk a lot about, like, the public policy that, like, Charles Murray espouses, but, like, Sam Harris just wasn't particularly interested in that. Like, he was more interested in, like, the actual, like, nuts and bolts of, like, the science of what Charles Murray is saying. Right, but, like, so the part of of that is that... Sam Harris, even in his podcast with Charles Murray, did focus very much on, well, actually, like, the podcast with Charles Murray was about something totally different. It was about the PC culture and that Charles Murray had essentially been prevented from speaking at a university, right? Because of, like, the way he had been protested. And Sam Harris, because of his own past, had him on to talk about that, right? right? And they touched on the science a little bit. But so... Like you were saying in the in the podcast with Ezra Klein, Sam Harris didn't really want to talk about the social policy of that because that's one, that's not really why he was interested in talking to Charles Murray. Yeah. And two, he actually probably largely agreed with 
Ezra Klein on what social policy should be. Yeah. And disagreed with Charles Murray. And I think Sam, Sam Harris would make the point would, that, like, oh, go ahead. when there are intelligence differences between races, like, it just, it can't matter, like, politically. Right. Like, you can't, well, everybody has to have, like, the same opportunities and everything because, like, because you, like, any individual can be smarter than anybody else. And he, like, brings up a list of, like, African-American thinkers that are all smarter than him. He's like, yeah. Well, there are, I, there's I would, a lot of great, yeah. Great I would say that Ezra Klein's point and his problem with Sam Harris was that when talking about Charles Murray, like those things are inextricably linked together, right? Like the social policy with whatever the science is because or whatever, yeah. whoever he is and what his views are on things. Yeah. Like, and so Ezra Klein's main point, and I think that it's a valid one is you can't just like ignore this stuff and ignore the history of everything leading to it. But yeah. And it is, I mean, you know, well, anyway, I don't want this necessarily to be a podcast about a podcast, but like just that's an example. <laughs> Half of, our podcasts are podcasts about podcasts. <laughs> that's just an example Podception. of like a debate where, you know, neither neither one, like they both kind of have their axe to grind and it's like a different, each have their own axe. <laughs> it's like nobody's really grinding it. Yeah. And they just kind of like, cares about. they kind of just like took turns grinding axes. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, whatever. It was interesting. Like both, both sides made interesting points, but I would have liked to listen to like separate podcasts, maybe even <laughs> then. Yeah. But like there's some great organizations out there that do like really like pretty high quality debates. Like Intelligence Squared is awesome. And there's another one that I just discovered called Monk Debates. Um and they have some pretty interesting people on there. But they do it's, like Oxford style debating, which the, I like. Like debates are way less interesting to me when I can tell the people are trying to win the debate, if that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. their sole goal. It's not to like find the truth or whatever. It's to win the debate. That's that's just much less interesting. Have you guys heard of a? Oh crap! I forgot his name. But he's a musician. He plays piano and stuff. But like he started, he was basically like intrigued by like he's an African American guy. He's basically intrigued by like the idea of racism because he just like it started off with like. So basically, what he does is like he kind of like befriends KKK members and then gets them to quit oh, the KKK. I think I vaguely, yeah, Hang I on, watched I, something about I him. I read about him the other day. He's got a documentary called Accidental Courtesy, Courtesy but he's got like, if you're not interested in walking the whole, watching the whole documentary, he's got a pretty big presence on YouTube too. But something that he talked about was that um, like when he first started off like talking to like KKK members, it was just like trying to understand. Like I don't get I don't get how why you hate me because of the color of my skin. And, like, he just wanted to kind of understand, like, that headspace or whatever. But through seeking to understand... Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was NPR is where I heard him. They did, a like, a thing on him. Yeah, he's him. freaking rad. But through seeking to understand the other person, like, he's changed more minds than, like, you could even believe. It's crazy. Like, he got one guy... One guy was, like, the... Uh, like I don't know what they call it on the, the the KKK leader like on the national level like something wizard imperial wizard grand wizard grand wizard that might Man. be it and like he got a grand wizard article. to like hang his robes up no kidding yeah and so like and his his kind of argument one thing that he says that's kind of interesting is uh as long as enemies are talking they're not fighting yeah okay. but like when we can't talk to each other anymore that's when the ground becomes fertile for violence yeah, sounds like today. Yeah, yeah I was like, about to say, I don't want to go too far into it, but, like, with the echo chambers we have now, it's, like, people aren't really talking to yeah, each other. Yeah, and I, I think that's, like, I, th I definitely think that's a point that, like, he puts out there and tries to make. Like, we have we have to keep talking to each other, because if we don't, then we're just, we're just going to be fighting. It was on all, th all Things Considered, yeah. 
But kinda, if you kinda... listeners, if you do want to like follow up on that one, since we're not going to go down that trail, um, you can look it up on NPR.com. So to tie that back to like what Seth said about the debates where they're just actively trying to win the debate, like it's it's a lot more interesting to me too. Like when people are in a debate because they're like actively trying to understand the other side. When like they're trying they're trying for that to be like an educational experience rather than just trying to earn dick measuring points. Yeah. But yeah, just like honest people that aren't trying to put themselves uh, above anybody else, but like really, really like be a force for good. I I, I really like that. Somebody yeah will put themselves out there in a very precarious situation. Uh, it sounds like this guy, you know, obviously talking to KKK members, and he's a black guy. I mean, so I which is like <laughs> I don't so know he's if I to, would have the guts to do that. That's he's terrifying. been to he's been to a like gang of cross burnings. Like he's been to a whole bunch of cross burnings and like. <laughs> would that not be scary to you? Like, Dude, I would think yeah. it would be terrifying. <laughs> it would have to be scary, man. Yeah. Yes. And like when he met, I mean, anyway, yeah, just watch his stuff and like listen to his stories. He's he's just a really, really, I'm just a big fan of like what he's about. Yeah. And So you guys want to talk about justice? Sure. I want to finish talking yeah. about space because we, we never space. really oh, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, Josh. I don't know. I just thought it was cool um, I, that we so, have this technology. So to remind viewers, my favorite line from that was that they put them into like mild hypothermia yeah <laughs> which i don't know that's just funny to me well <laughs> when you think about it, it really makes sense because you can if you, if you freeze to death your body just stops functioning because you get too right. cold and nothing can work well all, so all if of your if you actually literally freeze then all of your cells burst and you every cell dies yeah so you have to that's why i thought it was going to be like right above freezing yeah and then when chase is like Chase was like, well, if that's true, that is the biggest medical thing that has ever been thought of ever. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, exactly, because you have to keep the cells from dying. Like, Well, what's, what's ingenious about this, to me... Keep the cells from rupturing. Is, yeah. it say, like, they're at, you know, nine, they lower them to 90 degrees. Um, that's... You can be conscious and be that cold. And because you're obviously, you know, you can that happens sometimes. But there's a lot cool. of stories of, of people who have, you know seemingly drowned in a cold river and they yeah. are revived. They're just kind of in a stasis, mm-hmm. cryogenic stasis, I guess. So doing that with like a sedative is just, it's, it's mind blowing to think about really because does, you can does bring Does anyone them. know, is that like when bears hibernate, is it their body temperature lowers like you that? Know, I don't know. There are several, I don't, uh, I don't know. There are several animals that do it. I there's, know. Yeah. Frogs, turtles, all sorts of there's frogs. Uh, there's frogs that actually freeze and they have a type of antifreeze in their blood. That's crazy. That, that keeps their cells from nuts. rupturing. That's yeah, so we just That's need to so like rad. feed all the astronauts antifreeze. So I'm talking <laughs> about we could genetically just a little alter bit. the forbidden mountain dew. Humans. We've just been drinking too much. <laughs> we only need a little bit. Um, but anyway, what do you guys there's think about a, like? Just, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's a caterpillar. I forget where it lives now, but it's like up north somewhere where it freezes. And uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Sorry. And every year, basically, like so, like the caterpillar is born. Caterpillar has to like eat as much as it freaking can. So that it can like last the winter, it's so or like so that it can like turn into a cocoon and like last through the winter and turn into a moth or a butterfly or whatever it is at the end of it. And then if they don't eat enough, then they have to like go into stasis and like wait for next summer. And they will do that a lot for like a however really many times. yeah, like however many times they need to to like turn. It's See, insane. That's, that's, it was featured on Planet Earth. That's where. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I saw. And it, it was uh, it's Antarctica. That's real. Okay. That's real paleo. People talk about the paleo diet. They're not oh following gosh. it at all. The real paleo <laughs> diet is just gorging Eat as much as you possibly gorging can. in the summertime because in the wintertime you're not going to have any type of carbs. 
you're going to have meat and you're going to go into ketosis. So once a year for like five months, you're just going to be in ketosis. And then you're going to get, you know, all this bread and all these berries and everything. And you can just gorge and get fat. That is what humans have been doing for thousands of years. And now so we do and we do it the opposite too. Like we eat like crazy over the winter time and then we try to like slim up for the summer. Yeah. So you look better in a swimsuit or whatever. Weird. It's exactly <laughs> ass backwards. Yeah. So space, right? <laughs> sure. But <laughs> why not? That is fascinating. So it sounded like they would have like essentially, I guess just two shifts of the crew. One that's in hibernation, the other that's like running things. Yeah. For a while. Or, I mean, it depends Make on sure what nothing you, goes wrong. It yeah, it like depends on what you need. Because you said like two weeks and then like well, four days on, two weeks off. So you'd it have would to essentially have a, be like, the way I was thinking of it at least is like you have a month like asleep, more or less, with a few day break in between and then like a month awake. Month asleep, month awake. Would you really need everything, everybody to be awake as long as like the uh, spacecraft is communicating with Earth? I don't know. And there could be would, like a like for an the auto first wake one up least, function. For the first one at least, they would not put everyone under. Yeah, I right? guess you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also a shorter time period, right? Going mm-hmm. to Mars is it's a year, but it's not like going to Alpha Centauri, right? Yeah. What was the old Disney movie? Was it called Rocket Man? Where he yeah. goes on like the mission to Mars or whatever. Dude, that was so funny. I loved it. I loved it. It wasn't it him and the monkey that like wake up like halfway. Yeah. There, <laughs> and he just gets super bored. And so he uses all their food to like paint a mural on the yeah. ceiling. And like it was passengers pre passengers. I, yeah. I remember as a teenager, yeah. like a 13 year old, I thought that was a great movie. That movie was so funny. Oh my God. Like the way I'm remembering it, at least, like yeah. I remember that movie being hilarious. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, it would suck to wake up. Well, I, Have you I guys just, seen Pandorum? Kind of a similar thing. Have you seen Passengers? Because that's literally the plot of Passengers. There's, I guess there's a bunch of movies like that. Pandorum's spookier though, because yeah. there's like monsters. Uh, what, what are those Pete? little mini creepy comics where like one of this guy's just floating in space and like he wants to live forever yeah. and like he just lives forever in his spacesuit. Like his hair just like grows through the spacesuit. <laughs> like oh, it's it, it just it's horrifying. Like those little little stupid comics. I don't. They used to be kind of like in in fashion, and they kind of went out for a while, like just like a four pain horror comic, and like maybe maybe that was just me looking into. I've those. seen no, I've seen the one the specific one you're talking about, but I don't remember what it's from. So I can't remember either. I just remember the the spacesuit full of hair. But uh, when you think about space, it's hard to really imagine what's what it's like and like the distances. We talk about just to get to Mars, the second closest planet to us, it takes nine months. Yeah. Going at thousands of miles an hour. Nine months. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's a stupid, stupid amount of time. And there was a, uh, you, know, you know, we think of things relatively, something you can comprehend. If, if the sun was a ping pong ball and we wanted to go to the nearest star, how far away would, I think it's Alpha Centauri, right? I think, yeah, Alpha Centauri is the closest star. Yeah. So if we want to get to the closest star, which, does somebody want to look up how far away that is? It's sure. like it's like ten ten. I can't remember. Oh, I'm looking it up. It's like ten light. Uh, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm just gonna be way off. So, anyways, it would be if if sun was a ping pong ball, then it would. And you're crap. It's like four. <laughs> na- it's it's four point three seven light years away. Yeah, so I think it was like four and a half. Yeah, yeah take the ping pong ball thing out. So so Alpha Centauri says said is. About four and a half light years away. I can't take the ping pong right. ball thing out because you've like that was what reference to get to this. 
All right, well, whatever. But I, I remember the distance when it's the size of a period. It would be like four and a half miles away. If Alpha Centauri was the size of a period? Yeah. Or so, so, so yeah, yeah. If, if the sun was the size of a period. If the sun the was period. the size of I don't, oh, I, I don't remember the exact size of Alpha Centauri, but if it was a period on a piece of paper, it would be four and a half miles away just to... Life hack, just up the font size. <laughs> that's and you're there. The, that's yeah. the nearest star, so that's like the nearest possible solar system. Yeah. So if you think about how long it would take to travel there, let's say there's life on every single freaking star solar system. Because life is amazing and life finds a way. Let's just assume that. Yeah. We'd never get there. For, for another thousands of years, our technology would never get there. We yeah, would have the, the only way we get there is a drastic change in the technology. It would we be have. to manipulate space time itself. Yeah, we got to figure out warp drive be, like, faster than light travel. There's a potential travel, that like, you, could, you could get a vehicle up to near light speed. No, space because like the, the well, faster you out, go, right? yeah, the faster you go. I mean, that would be great because time would slow down right. in your environment. But the the closer you get to the speed of light, the more mass you produce, and the harder it is to accelerate because you're you're more massive. It doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's the the mathematical theory. So the it's just so, it's nearly impossible to get anywhere close to the speed of light. I read. Tell me if you think this is plausible at all. I read it in a science fiction novel and was curious as to how plausible it was. I have no idea, actually. What novel was it? Uh, it's called The Sparrow. Okay. It's actually really good. Uh, I would recommend it. I like science fiction, it. so I'm going to write that down. Um, Dude, I haven't read any good sci-fi in a long time, actually. The Sparrow's real good. I got um, so many for dude, you after reality this. is the best sci-fi. Just freaking... Shut up, Chase. <laughs> well, we're talking about freaking cryogenic. Sci-fi, yeah, sci-real. We're, like, we're definitely living in the future. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. We just take it for but, granted, man. Anyways, so they kind of the premise, I'm not spoiling anything on the novel, but the premise is that they, SETI or whoever, actually it's not SETI, whatever, they hear a, <laughs> a signal from another world, right? And they're able to like, once they realize it's a signal, they figure out that it's actually music. They're hearing what, this also isn't really spoiling anything. They're hearing like a broadcast, like a national broadcast from another planet <laughs> that's music. And it's, it's the news. I don't remember how far away it is. Exactly. But the way they get there is they had, at this point, humanity was like mining the asteroid belt. And they take an asteroid and essentially turn it into a ship and then use the inside of the asteroid, everything that they're mining from the inside, to fuel oh, that's cool. the rockets. What's it called? So, the Sparrow that by is neat. Mary Daria Russell. In the, have you guys read The Expanse or watched the show? No. I've I need, watched the, I need to like, watch it. almost the, books, the whole first season. The books are the books are amazing. The show's pretty good. The books are really good. I highly recommend them. But like how they, nice. like they will take asteroids and turn them into space stations, and how they do that is like they hollow out the inside and then they yeah. spin it yeah. so that you'd be standing on the inside of that right, asteroid. Right. Yeah, that's that's what they do with this too. So they they like spin it. What's this motion? Centripetal. Centrifugal. Cent- centrifugal. But force. so they're like so they're going there's, this way. Well, there's two different forces: Trin- centrifugal so and centripetal. Anyways, it'll I don't know what it is, but so they're like spinning this way. Chase, okay. watch. Okay. So you can ex- so you can explain it watch, using watch, watch science me, words. Me. Okay. Spinning this way, but going that direction, right? Like, okay. You know what I mean? So they're corkscrewing. So they got the right hand of. rule going. I guess. Do a barrel roll. But so I don't know like what kind of force that is. But it's the same thing where they're spinning the asteroid so that they have like gravity on the inside. So called c- centripetal force. Centripetal. Okay. Yeah. It, I thought that was I right. I won't go into both of those, but anyways. Yeah. What uh? But, I was gonna. That's say. cool. 
I mean, that's really interesting. But but let's just assume. I had that something that I wanted to say about what you said. Darn. Okay. I'm oh, you were talking about the period thing. There's a there's a sick video. Uh, there's a really sick video on YouTube of these guys. They like they take they take the planets and they basically like make them the size of like marbles or like they're all different sizes. They pick yeah. They yeah. pick the sun as a certain size and then everything else is scaled down to match. Yeah, that. and they set up the solar system in like the like salt flats or whatever because oh, yeah. like you can just see forever and it's like super flat and it. It's an amazing visualization of like how freaking spaced out the solar yeah. system. I'll post is. it in the description. Do you guys want to hear about? Okay, so so the solar system is in a way uh, a mirror image of what's what's happening at the atomic level, though they're not the same. You, you can't equate like I've heard Joe Rogan talk about how he believes that it, what we just referenced Joe Rogan too much. Joe Rogan is your John dies at the end. Well, I'm going <laughs> I'm going against Joe Rogan right now. So he's like, so you see pictures of the universe, and it looks like like neurons or something, uh, and so he equates that you know it's all a mirror image of what's going on, but it, it that wasn't that wasn't his idea though. That's like I'm sure it's somebody else's idea. For a long time. Yeah. So we're good. Neurons and some like giant being, like well, right, right. That's kind of what you know. Maybe yeah. it's something we're like the that. Giant pretty beings, rad. like mental illness. <laughs> we're, we're the virus inside of them. <laughs> we're not even big enough to be a virus. No, in that no, case, no. Like uh-uh. we're just we're nothing. Virus is virus. Nothing in that. We're below on the quantum level. Like yeah, we're that weird shit in the quantum stuff that they don't even know what it is. <laughs> Ant Man two guys. Anyway, good. And so so these things don't actually equate because they all um, work at a different level. They I mean we talk about like um, quantum physics is way different than astrophysics. Like it's not the same. Different equations, different forces. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's just completely bunk right there. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it is kind of cool to to think about that. But you talk about how empty space actually is, and we we talked about how far away Alpha Centauri was. Oh, if you yeah. if you look at just the hydrogen atom, it's made up of essentially nothing. You would be more right to say that the hydrogen atom is nothing than you would to say it's a solid particle. Because yeah. there's, it's very extremely tiny atom in the middle, the nucleus, the proton, and the neutron, and uh, depending on what you have, isotopic. And then there's the electron way, way out there somewhere. And so if you take that distance in one dimension, that's, it's extremely far apart. And then, okay, wait, wait, wait. So look at it two-dimensionally. you got to square it, and that's how much space you have two-dimensionally but we live in three dimensions so now you have to cube it and we know like if you go seven times seven times seven you get into the hundreds so like it's an exponential factor so what it actually boils down to is that a hydrogen atom is one part in 10 to the 15 parts so 10 to the 15th power so 10 with 15 zeros after it or one with 15 zeros after it and that's what? That's a hydrogen atom. That's how much space. That's a number. So it's one <laughs> It's one part in 10 to the 15th power. The part of the hydrogen what? atom that what? exists, what? the ratio between the part of the hydrogen atom that exists and the mass of it. That and the does, part that's like and empty, this, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Yes, thank you. So, thank you, Nathan. I explained I that Dude, that is... You were, you were like 90% of the way there. I, we had I to like, just like connect the last dot. I knew so, that. So essentially, like, like, like we live in People like to talk about how atoms are basically nothing. Like, you hear that a lot. Yeah. But that's crazy to think about. Like, yeah. this, this table that we're, we're on, like, it's made up of nothing. 
Like we're like it's it's these weird forces that keep us from like going through it, and it's not it's not because it's made it's solid it's it's filled up in space it's just strange electro electromagnetic forces that are actually participating and we've said it before and secular science has said it before that we are in a holographic universe and that we are a mere shadow of a larger reality because a hologram is projecting an actual reality. So it's, 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 it's a nothingness of a larger reality. Does that make any type of sense? Yeah. So it's not like a technological hologram, but it's, it's some it's like, a digital, it's, like, it's a digital simulation. It's a meat it's hologram. Like, it's like, there's like a bedrock level of information that exists. And then from that, the human brain sort of extrapolates this, Reality, the human brain and the human senses like extrapolates this reality. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. like this could lend itself to a, a entire other podcast. Yeah, you're probably right. But I did. I listened to a podcast recently. I'll have to share it with you guys. Where it was essentially a, it was a neuroscientist. Is that a, is that a word? Neuroscientist. Yeah. Scientist yeah. is definitely a word. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but uh, on the podcast, he was talking about essentially how he doesn't think reality exists, like how we think this table exists. Oh, okay. Like, and how. The majority of neuroscientists think that, right, because, like, we only know this table exists because our mind is interpreting uh, signals that we're getting, right, right from around it. But he to thinks... Build, to build what we know of as this table. He thinks the brain is projecting reality? Yeah. I may know who you're talking but about. But all of our brains are projecting the same thing at the same time? Uh, he didn't really get to that point. Maybe, because maybe not. I only listen to half the podcast. I don't, I don't know. I would like to hear... I, send me that podcast. I'd like to hear that because that... Yeah. If... That that opens up a whole other myriad of questions when you well, it's like factor in that. It's also been, a, <clears throat> sorry, it's been an idea that's around forever, right? Yeah, it's yeah. called uh, solipsism, I think, okay. which is just that, like, the consciousness is the only thing that actually exists, right? And but quantum consciousness, yeah. But then also, it's just you can justify or posit anything with that, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's limitless. Well, if that's the case, then what's the ultimate purpose of consciousness? The guy, like, where is consciousness going? Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? That's, where did it come they, from? Cotton Eye Joe, talk, right? <laughs> that's the big question. About, I will mention one thing from this podcast that, uh, and I'll look it up so you can put it in the show notes later. Please do. But they talk about how they've done uh, experiments where they put, they, they figured out, like, what certain parts of the brain do by doing experiments, right? So, like, one they did was they put a magnet near someone's head on some part of the brain that controls perception and color. And it's like, like, a, like a really strong magnet, I'm assuming? I, I think so. I don't really <sighs> remember. But it, and it ends that up being non-harmful. I'm not sure how they figured that part out, that it was non-harmful. But like when they put it to it, the person, like the color starts to drain from everything and go grayscale. And like it's happening to them in real time, like that stuff. And then when they take the magnet away, it's come, all the color comes Oh, back. how terrifying would that be if I you were that person? Real terrifying. The first one to try it? Yeah. Yeah. My brain is draining away. There's also <laughs> been several shit. studies with heavy, heavy duty magnets, or, well, magnetic frequencies in the brain, where people would actively start like hallucinating like alien abductions. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard like, uh, like creatures in the room, demons, all yeah. sorts of stuff. But so uh, he, you, you said CO2 or uh, carbon monoxide actually that, last week, didn't you? That wasn't on the podcast. That was after the podcast. But yeah, yeah. that too. Does oh, that mean that people w- see ghosts? Yeah. Yeah, that's but so in this scary. podcast, like one of his major points is like we can isolate where all this different stuff comes from in the brain, but we have no clue where consciousness comes from. Right, it's right. just like, there. Yeah, but it's not because you can't like right because you can't nail it down anywhere. 
Yeah, you can't. There's not one part of the brain that if you remove it, consciousness disappears. Consciousness, consciousness just is. So this is small potatoes compared to that. <laughs> but I watched a video recently where this guy took like really powerful magnets, and it turns out <laughs> that's a stupid way. To, that's a stupid way to bring that up. But like <laughs> these magnets are like as big as your head. The ones that he's using, and they'll hold up like thousands of pounds or something. But <clears throat> it turns out like oxygenated blood is actually repelled by magnets. And what? he does the experiment, Whoa. but he like he hangs uh, like fishing line from the ceiling, and then hangs like a ruler off of that, and then he has he has two mice, and he puts them in cups hanging off of either side of the ruler, so it like kind of makes a scale almost that'll also rotate, but it's like also it's sensitive too because like fishing line is malleable. Send, send me the video, I'll put it in the. Notes. I will. Uh, but then he takes the super powerful magnet and he like holds it up to one of the mice, and the thing like starts rotating. Cause like the what? yeah the because the it's like, like magneto taking the iron out of your blood dude it's so crazy what if what if it turns out You've it's just mice though what if mice are just anti-magnetic no like human blood uh, then I, later I saw another video where a guy awesome. I was like, just being facetious a guy tested it with pig blood really yeah hmm. and that's wild I was looking up more about it and uh, I didn't pay super close attention to the things I was reading I guess but apparently like the uh, oxygenated blood is repellent to magnets but like. Non-oxygenated blood isn't for some reason because of the way that like the oxygen molecule affects the hemoglobin, something, and the myoglobin. Perhaps. Yeah, I don't remember. It was more than I was ready to take on at that moment. That I guess. would because magnetism has to do with the orientation of the electrons. There has to be a lone electron in a certain you know in a in a certain spin. So the, there's there's two opposite spins, and so if they're in the same, you know they 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 hook up, and if yeah. they're opposite, obviously they repel. So that's not as cool as like consciousness and space and stuff, but I just thought that was cool. I think that's Mag- very cool. Magnets are very cool. <laughs> magnets are, magnets are they're rad. Like, they're way stronger than like you think they are. But also substantially weaker than they should be. But what is that? Based on that? like so they can models like, that we've come up with. Like on my fridge right there. We're in my kitchen now, right listen, right now, listeners. So that magnet, that little letter A that Jameson plays with all the time, is holding itself up against Earth's gravity. Right. But like any of us can just walk up and like pluck it away. Because like they're super strong, but they're not at all. It's just weird. I think that more dictates how weak gravity really is. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, mm. in I think in a lot of mathematical models, right? Like, say that again. Mathematical. Mathematical. In a lot of metallic models. A lot of arithmetic. A lot of mathematical. Oh my god! Why can't I talk? Mathematical models of the universe. Listener, play along. Try and say that three times fast. Uh, but like. Gravity, the gravitational force is much weaker than everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. And it like it's stupid if you think about the the massiveness of Earth and how big it is compared to that magnet, that tiny little magnet that's holding it up, that's defying yeah. the entirety of the Earth. And it's you know, it's 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 nothing. It's nothing compared to the size of the Earth, and yet it's defying it. Well, and like, that's why you're like, basically nothing compared to the size of the Earth, and your bones hold you up. Right. So here yeah. we go with Chase bringing up the electric <laughs> universe. Oh. oh wait, hang on. I got to check that box off. All right, it's been checked. Yeah, and we, Great. We anybody have, have a bingo? Anybody too, have a bingo? Bad. That's true, Dude, but it was a oh, mocking John dies. Bingo. Let me check yeah. that off. That could be funny. Oh, yeah. We do podcast bingo every time. Podcast bingo. <laughs> yeah, the free space is right in the middle. It's just my brother's face, and we just stamp it. So. Just remember. Is it a boot thing? It's a, it's a boot. Yeah. Sure. Boot stamping his face. That ionic <laughs> charge is 10 to the 36 <laughs> times, 10 to the 36 power greater than uh, any type of gravitational force. So that means that gravitation is absolutely negligible 
in the scale from, yeah, you can, from here to Alpha Centauri, which is the closest like, star. So there's, these, there's no gravitational interaction between this star and the next closest star. It's all electromagnetic. Yeah, like in most, in most mathematical models, they basically just ignore gravity, right? Well, you have to if you're going to be yeah. you know, honest about what's going on. But that's the problem with the, the modern-day scientist who believes in dark matter because they say that... <laughs> there's it, another podcast space. Check it off. Check it Bingo off space. You can't have the universe uh, existing as it is in, in the galaxies because they think that all the stars would be flung out at this current speed that we're rotating because there's not enough mass and also mass via gravity uh, to hold it all together. So there's not enough gravity in the universe uh, to hold so, the galaxy together. So what you're saying is the centrifugal or the centripetal force or whatever yeah. would just com- right. just toss the stars out so, into so, the So they have two different theories that they bring together to make a galaxy possible, which is supermassive black holes and dark matter. And I, I think that you can eliminate this complexity, and, it, and it's, it's like Occam's razor. You don't Careful. need these multiple things to explain it when you already have electromagnetism to explain it because everything, 98% of the universe is plasma, which is ionic forms of elements. And, we all, and, and like I just said, the ions are 10 to the 36 times greater than the force of gravity. So you don't need dark matter and energy, which they believe is 96% of the universe. 96%. That means that what we currently interact with would only be 4% of the universe. And so, like, their their model is so off. When you say interact with, you mean, like, what we're capable of looking at? Yeah, yeah, essentially. What we know of, anyways. Like, what is that called? The event horizon? Isn't that what mm, that is? No, 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 no. No, that's in a black hole. Yeah. Oh, that's right. What do you, well, what do you call that, then? Like, there's the... There's the point, like beyond which visible, you, visible universe, just matter, observable matter. Just, yeah. Just so, like, if you go out far enough, and there's like a planet out there, like an alien planet, and we look out in that direction, and they look back at us in our direction, but if they're far enough out, we're looking at complete two completely different skies, because like the the, the light from what's happening between here and there, like, could not have reached. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. What is that called? Yeah. There's a word for that, isn't there? Light distance. Time dilation. I don't know. No, I don't know. I think I think it's literally it's called like like light distance. I'm not trying to be facetious. I, there's, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I'll just I don't make know what right the now. exact word would be. I don't know. I feel like there's a. It's called Steve's law. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed if it was something that weak. Anyway, so, so we, that's the four percent you're talking about, right? So so uh, that's our four percent. And also, if they try and make we a model the at the beginning of the universe using dark matter and dark energy <laughs> as well. And in order for <clears throat> the model to work, I don't know, my voice just went You just away. went super wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, that dark matter and energy just pop in and out of existence depending on, you know, which time frame that we're in so that the model works. And obviously, that's not how stuff exists. Like, that's no type of model. That's just, you know, randomness. Essentially, Like, okay, and here. It's like, it's like hand waving, right? It's like that. Thing, does right, it? right, and and, and <laughs> I like I uh, Michael Shermer, the, uh, the, st- the 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 what is it, Skeptic Magazine guy. Yeah. He like I was really surprised that he was against dark matter and energy, and I was like with him on it because it is God of the gaps theory, but in an atheistic form. 
they're like, oh, okay, we can't explain why this is happening. So like this so, dark, dark matter, matter and energy yeah. existed. And then, and then it comes in and then it disappears. Well, and then it comes in there again. There have been a lot of things like that, like in physics, right? Like things that are basically just placeholders until we understand more. Like wasn't the uh, wasn't that the big de- big deal but like behind like the Higgs boson or whatever is that like in order for the math to work the way that it does right this thing has to exist so like if we find out that it doesn't we have to rewrite like every textbook past a certain past like high school level like yeah but but I think it's a different I think it's a different mathematical theory because the the dark matter and energy a lot of it is sheerly based upon holding galaxies together which is really just uh, you know a uh, a mass sum of gravity versus the velocity of all these stars or the angular momentum. And they think they just fly out. So they, uh, some guy was like, you know, maybe there's some dark matter out there holding it together. They're like, oh, yeah. And they just ran with it and threw, <laughs> and then they threw Ooh. money at it. Like, yeah, I have some money. That sounds good. And then we've had all this money thrown at it and it's been to no avail because, you know, they've ramped up, you know, CERN faster than it's ever been and we've never seen anything. And there's no black holes formed. Luckily, the Earth is still here. I'm not going to name names. I have a friend like you guys know. You might even know who I'm talking about like when I told this story. But Is it Chase? No. It was a person who was... Uh, no, your friend. He's I'll real goofy, though. And he was, uh, <laughs> he, like, he was like Googling the most expensive substances on Earth. And... Like, like, is it horseshoe know, crab blood? He was like... We were hanging out, and then like he was, in the, he was in the background. No, it's not. Wait. So like we were just hanging out, and like he's in the background, and somebody like... He like I think he just asked the question like what's the most expensive substance in the world and he just kind of wanders off and finds a computer and we're all just like hanging out talking like the conversation moves on and he just like interjects with like guys dark matter is the most expensive matter in the world yeah. <laughs> it's like and then like whoever whatever random website it was had like put a price on like how much dark matter was it was just really funny to me for some reason I was like that's so freaking absurd <laughs> like but just the idea too that like. I mean, just because you can't like monetize it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, <laughs> I guess. But like the thing that I'm saying is like, just the fact that that sounds absurd, that like dark matter, like, you know, this much dark matter or whatever would cost like billions of dollars. And you hear somebody say that, and you're like, well, that's that's stupid because it's like everybody, it's kind of understood that like dark matter is just like a placeholder for kind of something that we don't understand. Was it angels and demons? Where the the thing that they're trying to get a hold of to keep from happening was a terrorist attack with dark matter. I, don't I know. feel like it was, like they drop it out of a helicopter at the ending, and it was real <laughs> silly. That doesn't sound very good. So I saw one of the Dan Brown, isn't it? I saw one of the Dan Browns. I don't remember which one. Um, I just saw the it was Da Vinci, Vinci Code. Code. That's yeah. what I saw. Well, the Angels, yeah, Angels and Demons is the sequels. Is the sequel? It's got Tom Hanks. It's likable. I mean, come on. It was a fun. I thought it was a good movie. I liked it. It was fun. It was kind of like the national treasure with the United States, but that was like that was like the national treasure, but with like Catholicism. But like a lot of people like read a lot into it. It's like, oh my god, this movie is like yeah, people. Real. Well, yeah, that's not Dan Brown's fault. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they marketed it like that, and so it might be there. The movie for uh, sure. Uh, I don't know about the book. Okay. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't tell you about the book. But yeah. and is that really his fault? Like how the movie's marketed? But, uh, I I don't know. I don't know how much influence he had on it. So you guys want to talk about Galactic Justice? I don't think we have time. Honestly, I think we'll have to wait until next week because we're at an hour and ten minutes now. We can go like five more minutes more, but okay, eh, we can just cut it off. Yeah. I had fun. I want to talk about like I don't know. I don't think it was actually going to be Galactic Justice, but I do want to talk about like Justice. But we just don't have time. So join us next time. For uh, what were you going to say? No, what were you going to say? I was going to actually talk about Justice a little bit. 
You got five Maybe minutes. Maybe it's a Fit it in. Go. presage. Because it relates a lot to uh, Germany that we were talking about. Since we talked pretty significantly about it. Oh, yeah. You were going to circle Germany. back to that. We have to at least do that part. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Germany in, like, World War II era. World War II era and afterwards is super fascinating for a bunch of reasons, right? Because, um, <laughs> it's like starting to hurt. It's You're, you were still muted when you started here. talking. Sorry, go ahead, Seth. Okay, so, like, World War II era in Germany is fascinating for a lot of reasons, right? Uh-huh. I'm sure a lot of people agree with that. But Nazism is fascinating. The Nuremberg trials are fascinating from a justice perspective. That might be one we spend more time on. But there's also this very fascinating aspect of, like, education and the morality of the people, right? Because the Nazi party was super popular, right? We, in the know, United we kinda, States. Well, in the United States it was popular war. too. But in Germany itself, like, by the time World War II rolled around, it was hugely popular because they turned the economy around so yeah, much. Yeah, um, Basically just by ignoring international sanctions from other companies or countries. Same thing. Companies. Same thing at this point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like by the time they invaded Poland, you know, it was well over a majority that supported the Nazi party as the leadership of the country. Um, so anyways, that was really fascinating because then, so, you know, we did talk earlier about like people could dismiss it or say, oh, that wasn't me, but turned a blind eye to it. It was actually more people than you would think it was, even though there was you know, obviously they couldn't get away with it if everyone else didn't. A significant chunk of the others either supported it or turned a blind eye. You only needed a much smaller percentage to actually carry it out and do things. And then you lock up anyone that tries to stop you. But anyways, that's kind of a digression. So what's, what's fascinating is we essentially did a ton of re-education of Nazis in Germany because, like, everyone knows about the Hitler Youth, right? How they right, indoctrinated right. the kids and all that stuff. Uh, what was the last pope? Uh, John uh, Paul? No, no, Benedict. Co- pope oh, Benedict. Benedict? Yeah, I forgot about was that. Was in the Hitler he's just, Youth? He's the one who retired. What? Pope yeah, Benedict you guys didn't know that? Yeah. No. Yeah, he was. Wait, but John I, Paul I was the Polish guy that everybody thought was a Nazi. He was like, Pope Benedict was like very young, I, I think. Right. Hitler Youth doesn't mean like it was one of the voluntary like youth group guards it was like whatever it was like nazi boy scouts yeah i feel like it was like boy scouts yeah so it was in a sense voluntary but it was like highly encouraged and rewarded in a lot of ways but i mean how but many so boy scouts are like not not put there by the oh. no <laughs> no asking the real please questions. don't sue us boy scouts of america soon to be scouts of america um no i'm saying how many like boy scouts scouts girl scouts right. are, they are not just there yeah their parents versus put them their there. parents mm-hmm. exactly um not trying to apologize for the former pope i'm just curious but Anyway, so, like, a, a big part of that was, like, Sorry. we spent a ton of effort and a ton of money, like, on re-education of Nazis, right? Like, training them, no, it's not really the Jews that are behind everything and destroying society, like, and, you know, a thousand different other ways, saying, basically spending a ton of resources saying, no, the way you were taught is completely wrong, um, which is f- also fascinating from, like, a sociological How do you feel about, uh, what, what is that? Boycott, divest, sanction of Israel, that, that movement that's been going on. I know absolutely nothing about it. Uh, uh, later, later, but, Chase, later. <laughs> yeah, so then... We have to okay. read about it. We no, don't know you, about it. You could probably work that into the Justice episode, I imagine. Yeah, so to get to the point I was trying to make earlier about the old Nazi, another part of <clears throat> dismantling the Nazi state 
right, was they, I mean, they essentially like completely dismantled the government and had to like rebuild it from scratch. So Germany wrote a new constitution. I guess it would have been what? West Germany at that point? Yeah. They wrote a brand new constitution in post-World War II to guide the country. And um, this touches on the justice stuff, but hopefully briefly and can be contained. But uh, so their constitution is much different than ours. It has a lot of the same, it's based on a lot of the same principles, but it's organized completely differently. And it's organized by a hierarchy so that it clearly tells you what principles are more important. So the number one, number one principle that always guides their court decisions, stuff like that. Um, it's like, it's basically like the guiding principle for the courts in deciding cases is human dignity. You always have to respect human dignity. That is the number one priority of what you are. Then there are other concerns that will come later, but it's the human dignity. And I think it's generally individual, right? Based on the individual that you have to respect and do that way. So that brings us to the Nazi case. So I can't remember who it was exactly, but there was a guy that had been, he was a Nazi. I don't think he was, you know, he was in leadership, but he wasn't one of the top tier, right? It wasn't Goebbels or whatever, mm -hmm. but he was, you know, high, high ranking, right? Enough to have been convicted. He had been locked up since World War II into at least the 90s. So he'd been locked up 45, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And his case came up for like parole. And the highest German court decided, based on this concept of human dignity, that this guy at this age was no longer a threat to society, right? He was over 90 years old. And therefore, like, keeping human dignity as like the one overriding factor about it. Like, you could not keep this man locked up in his old age like that. And so they, they paroled him, like they let him out. So, and then he robbed which a convenience store. Pissed a lot of people off and led to, I think, just a to get back in because he's institutionalized. <laughs> that, I mean, that sounds pretty heavy because, because obviously, was justice served in this for the atrocities right. that he he committed? And I mean, I, I'm all for all types of reform. Not necessarily like we have like people in prison for you know twenty something years. Yeah. And just like they they're, they become a burden on the state at that point, and some people. Like, <sighs> anyways. Well, uh, there's so many things I want to say. I know. I just thought about that article I, I shared with you guys so, about. Uh, and this doesn't have to be part of the podcast. I was just going to say, like, uh, Lee Hill, like, you know, Colton's brother. Okay, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if you ever met him. But he uh, he went to uh, he went to law school, like, at Columbia and stuff. Okay, and nice. He wrote, he's also, like, interned a lot, like, at, a, at this law firm in Germany. And he spent, like, a lot of time in Germany. And that's one of the things, like, post-World War II, uh, Germany, and then, like, Germany kind of getting back to being, like, their kind of their own state again is something that he's, like, really, really interested in. And he actually wrote a paper about that at Columbia that, like, won, it, like, won some, like, student award for, like... That's awesome. So, like, that's something he's pretty hmm. knowledgeable on. Like, if you guys... It'd be kind of interesting to, like, get him Yeah, I hope I didn't butcher any of that something. then. He... Yeah, well, I don't know if he listens or not, but, like, if, we're, if we want to do an episode about justice and you want to like talk about that some more that could be yeah because i like could be i essentially thing. took one class on that right which was like comparative uh what's the analysis yeah but it was like i'm trying to think of the term for the law it was like comparative human rights maybe yeah so we were comparing like i think we primarily compared like u.s britain ireland 
Germany, and then we spent a little time on South Africa, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about justice next week because we can also talk about the article I shared with you guys about the prisons and how they were requesting more prisoners mm-hmm. because, yeah. They yeah. Were gonna, because they were going to go because <laughs> they were going to oh, go out of business. Was it supposed to be part of the podcast? Yeah, this is definitely part of the podcast. Still, we haven't ended yet. So we can talk about that, and then we can talk about justice and whatever article it was you want to talk about. Yeah. Chase, just because we went we went way off track and never got to it, and I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate promising yeah. things that we don't deliver. Anybody else got a Let's final to final it. thought a, to wrap it up? It's a broad category that we could spend a lot of time on. I I, I am f- in the U.S. I'm for like a complete uh, reform of, of our justice system. Like it's just it's just way off base in my opinion. Our yeah. prison system is pretty yeah. messed up too. You're not going to get an argument from me on that. Yeah. So maybe we'll probably maybe in specifics. About I was about to say I, I, wanna, I have a feeling you disagree it. on. I have a feeling you disagree <laughs> on details. But no, I thought it was really interesting that me and Seth one time agreed that the death penalty doesn't work in our current society, though I'm theoretically for it. It right now it's costing us more money. I like the idea of killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not practical. <laughs> But it, it's so it's so ridiculous that s- spending life in prison is cheaper than going through all the court systems of yeah. all the appeals before you go to, through your death penalty. Dude, you know how like I, I was reading a thing that was talking about how expensive it is to keep somebody in prison for a year in like California, mm-hmm. and it's out. It's like more money it's than like, most yeah. people make by a pretty significant margin. It's which going I guess like human like going to the human dignity thing. It's like how crappy are you allowed to treat people? I don't know, but the, it's like it seems. We messed could, up. <laughs> I will say we could use a lot more focus on human dignity in our yeah. penal system. Well, our penal system is not based on rehabilitation. Our penal system is based on punishment. Right, right. It's, and, it's and, both. And, and it's, I, it's moved very far away from rehabilitation. That's a better way of saying it. Probably. But what about recompense? That's something that never yeah. gets addressed either. About somebody who has so been listeners vic- tune victimized. in next time. Yeah, yeah. For this next Sunday yeah. we'll be talking about that. So. We'll stop right here. I think, there, I think there's one verse in Micah that completely obliterates people's opinions on the <laughs> Old Testament of like how how drastic the legal system was that the Jews lived by. But he said to seek justice and love mercy. So that is the balance of the justice system that we should be seeking. So there should be justice, but tempered with mercy at the same time. And I think that has to do with human dignity yeah. like you were talking about. So that absolute justice... May not be served, That's but so, sometimes needs to be served. Oh, there's so much there. we got to do this we next time. we got to stop. Yeah, because we're going to get into stuff for next week. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, we will be putting out next week's episode sometime. So stay tuned. So do it for Josh, Josh putting out. As always. <laughs> <laughs>